So, Sarah, if you were only to be remembered by your words, what would they be? It's so hard. <laughs> um, I think the idea is like, and I don't know who first said this, but people don't know how much you care. Uh, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Um, in order to really help people, you have to show them first that you care and listen to them. And so I, I think that at the end of the day, you know, as well, people don't remember what you say as much as how you made them feel. And so I hope that people feel cared for because things matter. And I think I've struggled in my own life with going through, does this really matter? Do I care about this enough or do I care about, but I think people matter and that, and I care about them. There has never been a moment quite like now. People often say and feel the world is changing, but sometimes I'm not too sure. Is the world changing? Or are we simply for the first time becoming more aware of ourselves and the world around us? These questions led me to create Social Fabric, a podcast aimed at having conversations with thought leaders and explore the ideas that are shaping our world. You know, T.S. Eliot once said, we shall not cease from exploration, and the end of all of our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. My goal is that this podcast has that effect on you. I'm your host, Ramnik, and thank you for being here. I think I'll always be fascinated by the concept of perception, how we perceive ourselves, others, and everything in between. I'm amazed how often the greatest challenge we seem to face is within our own minds. What we have or what we don't have, whichever we choose to dwell on, in fact becomes our prison. In this episode, I got the chance to sit down with a very special talent. Her name is Sarah Hogue and she is a phenomenal photographer and brand creative. She is in the midst of very exciting work around lifestyle and personal branding, and due to the nature of her work, she has been at the forefront of some ideas that come up for all of us, and usually in silence. You know, things like imposter syndrome, social pressures, cultural expectations. In this episode, I get the privilege of deep diving into a lot of these topics with Sarah. I cannot emphasize how much I enjoyed this conversation. I hope it has the same effect on you. And without further delay, I give you Sarah Hope. Sarah Hogue Photography. That's my business side. Um, but I grew up in LA and then through a series of f personal events, I actually found myself um, going to Bible college. I got my degree in theology. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I, I was actually that. thinking like, yeah, this is something 
you don't know. So I've always been someone who... Like philosophical? Hev- yes, heavily thinks about the world. And my thought was... So I was raised in a Christian home. Okay. Very tumultuous in some ways, you know. Right. And, um, my dad never went to church, really. He just... Mm. And my mom was like always in church. Sure. And so we had like kind of this divide because okay. my parents were like separate but living in the same home. So, and my mom was like a health food nut and my dad was a junk food. Right. So he was like, like <laughs> yes. whatever. And, yeah. <laughs> so it was like, they couldn't be more opposite. My dad was very intelligent though. So he knew everything you could ask him about just about anything. Mm. Um, and so I, into college had this feeling of, okay, if I say I believe this and I don't know enough about it, I feel dumb because I was getting challenged on some of the beliefs that I had. So I physically placed my went to Bible college because I wanted to learn more. To be more versed in it. I didn't think necessarily career-wise. I just wanted to go to learn, which was interesting. And then it was like, okay, well, because I had grown this group, I went to a pretty large um, church, mega church, and I ended up growing... Um, my, the girls that I was mentoring from like five to like 25. And then I was constantly with them all the time. And so people were like, Hey, you got something going on there. I just loved young girls because of what I had gone through. Right. Um, I ended up doing drugs at a really early age, like 10 to quitting at 14. That's really early. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So that kind of took me on one. I love how I say that like like we all do it, but like that's well, earlier than usual. It is. But, but it is earlier in terms it, of exposure to yes. that stuff. And I had older sisters. Okay. So that's one was eight years older than me. The other was three years older than me. So okay, a lot so of times you were the have, younger sister. Yeah. Okay. When you have older siblings, you get sure. yeah. indoctrinated yeah. pretty early yeah. to the party world. And um, so, yeah, I ended up meeting my husband in college, we ended up moving to Northern California, San Mateo, uh, just under San Francisco, and worked in a church there. And then um, my dad had passed away just before we got married, and he had a really great digital uh, DSLR, one of the first Nikon. And I ended up taking that and starting my photography business while still kind of working as a pastor. I got my license as a pastor and worked in that facility for a while okay um and then started a business and was raising three children so wow and then moved to phoenix actually out of some trauma drama with church stuff okay came out here okay and my belief systems have evolved okay (laughs) a lot of those so i'm very much someone who i i listen to all different kinds of perspectives perspectives yeah. yeah so so do you do you uh, feel like you're re- just being in that community, the community you're in on a religious side of it, like something there prompted you to just reset? Is that what brought you out of here? Yeah. Um, well, actually, my husband had really felt like the, the whole way it started. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what story to go into because there's <laughs> no, so no, many no, in that, life. It's, it's interesting. Um, my and hus- he's originally from California, Yeah, too? he's from San Mateo. Okay, okay, uh-huh. okay. And so he had felt on his heart that we were supposed to move to Arizona. And that kind of was a catalyst for everything falling apart with our position um, in a church that we were part of in Oakland. We started a church, um, oh. and it was two years in, and then okay. it was kind of like the beginning of the end of our time there. And... 
And so we parachuted into Arizona. We're like, okay, so since this is happening, let's go now sure. rather than in a year. Because we right. had originally said, okay, let's take a year and think about it and what we're going to do and have a plan. Right. But it ended up he getting, him getting six months severance and us leaving. Yeah, might as well yeah. use this as a catalyst yeah. to go. Right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So then that's where I landed in going, okay, what do I do? I have my BA in this. I worked here. I have this photography business. Um, but I wasn't doing it full-time, full-time. I was doing it probably more part, part-time. part I would get really busy. I was doing a lot of weddings. And then, you know, I had three children, so I was raising them too. I didn't sure. have them in care. And then my youngest was in kindergarten when we moved out here. And it was like, okay. Chaotic. Well, it was good in the sense I didn't have a child at home with me any longer where I was running oh, yeah, around. Because they're all kind of at least in some kind of schedule. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and full-time, like full-day kindergarten. So I had all gone for a nice chunk of the day. Right, right. For the first time. For the first time, yeah. And so I was able to really give more attention to... How far apart are your kids in age? They're two years apart. Okay. So now they're 9, 11, and 13. Okay. Right. Mm, so they're kind of moving together. Yeah, yeah. Then they were 5, 7, and 9. Right, right. And so it was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then there was like soul searching on that level of, okay, how do I go about starting this business? And that's kind of and you always we, gravitated towards photography from just kind of tinkering with the Nikon and I like I had mentioned before I'm trying to <laughs> I know other people haven't aren't listening to both but yeah. um, I started the photography business almost accidentally okay. because I had asked for my dad's camera I asked my mom because it was just sitting right and then when I started taking some photos with it people started asking oh you have a nice big fancy camera and so I started taking more and people started liking the images and I started getting into it mm. thinking it was a hobby. And I'm very entrepreneurial. Like my jobs in college, I mean, it was a waitress, but I was also a substitute teacher for a while. I was a lifeguard and I had a swim team for a while. I just taught like, swim lessons right. and a lot of different. Yeah, yeah. And just always wanting to be able to make a dollar when you need one. Sure. You know, just always seeing an opportunity to make money when you could. So thinking, oh, okay, well, I'll do this on the side, but not thinking it was really my passion. Like helping people and being of service to them was always my passion. Um, And I used the church or the church, you know, was the vehicle that I was doing that in at that time. And so um, I felt weird about business thinking that it was a separate thing being money like right like separating the two ideas in terms of well if i'm helping and serving people that's a different world and business yes yes and that was a big part of yeah reconciling those ideas of oh yeah you you can't help people that you're charging right 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 (laughs) which i mean now to me it's ridiculous because right well i mean that's a traditional i mean i would say that's still a traditional like sentiment thought you know like people have that like oh if you're a business-minded person and there's like this connotation of oh they're kind of cold or they'll choose money over they people they just want and, something you know, from, like, from you yeah yeah like yeah. there's always that sense that like oh this person might choose material stuff over people and that wouldn't be a surprise you right, know what i mean right so right. I, I or their business they're not they're not uh charity charity or, or yeah, volunteer like yeah. exactly no it makes sense yeah yeah and so it was like Oh, well, if I were really helping people, you do it for free. Right. Okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, which 
I read uh, the book, You're a Badass at Making Money, yeah. Jen Sincero. That was the biggest eye-opener to my issues with money. With money, okay. Oh my gosh, she's all about mindset and money and yeah. really kind of delves into those, the love of money is the root of all evil. Right. Um, and she's saying, you know, it's not love of money, it's greed. Mm. It's greed that's evil when you're wanting things for yourself. However, money is not evil. Yeah, right. You know, right. and so I had to kind of break down where some of those thoughts. <laughs> I mean, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of like, what do you call them? Like idioms, like sayings, mm-hmm. like money is the root of all evil, like mm-hmm. that we've heard for generations, yep. you know? So it's like something you kind of say and you're like, oh, that kind of feels right. And then you don't think too much into it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like I had the same kind of reconciling because all of my work always used to be around money. Yeah. Like I, I worked in banks. I worked around really rich people mm-hmm. like uh, in investment management, like you're around lots of different personalities mm-hmm. and stuff. And money always struck me as like a tool, which is right. You know, it's just a tool to either get something done or be able to do something you want. And to me, it always seemed like money would amplify people's personalities Mm -hmm. around me. So like, if you are an asshole, you're really an asshole. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. They say leadership and money are the two things that will magnify. Yeah. It just magnified who people were. I'm like, it didn't change Change that person. I'm like, that person was always (laughs) an idiot. And now he's an idiot with money. You know, like it just didn't. Absolutely. So, so like it never, I, I, I always like, I didn't have that hesitation with the money aspect of it. I had Mm -hmm. more like, okay, it all comes down to the person. Mm-hmm. It comes down to what's going on in your head. It, right. It comes down to where are you in your life mentally right. and spiritually or whatever that kind of will dictate what you do if you have the opportunity to. Right. 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 So, no, I think that's a, that's a challenge for everyone. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, you're saying, but you, that sounds like a pretty healthy view that you had a healthy view of that for a while. Yeah. I mean, you, I say that, but yeah. at the same time, you know, um, you're still caught up in the comparing material mm-hmm. aspect of it, this yeah. comparing where you are versus someone else, your own ego versus someone else, all those things, you know, I, th- I, those still clash. Yeah, absolutely. I think what Jen uh, Sincero really points out is that it takes a lot of energy to be broke. <laughs> and and okay. so what, what a lot of times when we're... Unpack that a little bit. When we're broke, we're spending money, we're spending time finding deals. You're spending time figuring out how you're going to get something that you want. You're spending, um, you, you know, energy being upset about the things that you don't have stressed. Right. Stress is one of the biggest, you know, yeah. stress and money sure. go hand in hand of yeah. like, how am I going to do this to get this or pay for my kids thing or whatever, or I can volunteer, you know, right. with the booster club yep. to raise money for my child's uniform for something. Well, you could also be working. Sure. Right. So there's different ways that you're going to spend your time to get to money. get yeah. money. Yep. And some people do it in a in a shrouded way that yeah. they're they feel like this is the right way to do it. Right. This the is, non sleazy way. Yeah, to, yeah. Or I don't know if sleazy is the right word, but like uh, I, th- I mean, does that that's perception? Like, yeah, that's people, absolutely. People like right there. It just seems like it's people's insecurity of what other people think of them. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's the, the unconscious yeah. mind of, you know, well, this is the only avenue or I don't have money, so I have to do it this way. Right. You know, so I've know a lot of people like that, that mm. 
they're kind of martyrs or victims of money. Yeah. And so these are the ways that I have to go about it because I don't have, well, guess what? You There's other ways that you can. There's a door number three. Yes. Maybe four. Yeah. 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 And so I think even just opening my mind up to that and I stopped. How did that feel? Bargain shopping. Oh my gosh. That book has been so liberating and just just to be able to see it in different areas of my life, just what I'm doing and when I'm feeling negative about it and kind of recognizing it and stepping back and like catching yourself. Yes. Big time catching myself. Now, I mean, I have a cleaning lady now that (laughs) comes all the time and she's my favorite. Oh man. And it was like one of the best things I did for, for me and my business. I was like the best, the best thing I could do for myself is hire a cleaning lady first. They're magic. Yeah. Like we have like a, I don't want to, I want to say maybe we average like once a month. We just mm-hmm. have like a family reset day yeah. where the, my, our oh. cleaning ladies come uh-huh. and they just completely give us a reset on the yeah. house. And yeah. it's just like, oh. I have her every two weeks. Yeah. And then I hired an assistant and, you know, and I have like my gardener coming regularly. All of the things right. that like before I would like de- do it myself. Right. And it's like people do say that that's the number one way to grow, but it takes faith to say I'm going to spend money to make money. Yeah. And those are, it's hard. seems like duh areas, but they're big deals for you in the moment when you're making them. Yeah. No, yeah. no. It, and they're commitments, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're increasing the cost of your just living mm-hmm. when, before you see money coming in. Mm-hmm. So it's like, of course, you yeah, know, it's nerve wracking. Yeah. Yeah. And even, yeah, just shopping, just go ahead and buy what you're going to buy. Right. If you spend too much time, like price comparing and right. going around then gosh that's funny like time. i don't know some of my friends might listen to this and laugh because i i, I used to be that way they used <laughs> to call me an impulse shopper uh-huh. but i never thought of myself as an impulse shopper it was just like if i like something i want it now uh-huh. and then i'm done with it like like <laughs> I, like i'm not thinking about it too much i'm like i like that yeah and i i just i'm like i want that yeah and if i can afford it i want to i want to get it and uh-huh. that's it I yeah. wouldn't think too much about it. Like, oh, well, you know. Maybe I can get it cheaper over here. Yeah. This, well, or, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I would do the background like, all right, mm-hmm. is this the best place to get that? No, yeah, if yeah. not, I can go over there and just buy it. I wouldn't waste money that, like that. But I wouldn't think too much about what I enjoy, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and um, which wasn't often. But when it is, people would be like, wow, you just you, you made the decision right there and did it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that would make people go you know, you didn't think about it that long. Right. It's like, yeah, well, I thought about everything else in my life for so long. Like, this is just a quick decision because I'm ready for it. Right. You know? Yeah. So it's an interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. So yeah. how does that, so how does that play into, I mean, you started having these kind of liberating type, let's see, mindset shifts mm-hmm. here in Arizona when you moved yeah. here? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think the biggest one being identity and really kind of looking at who I am and what I believe and all of those things. And then making a um, commitment to educating myself. Okay. Um, I think a lot of us get overwhelmed when we get too much information, but I think the decision that I made simultaneously is that I'm not going to be overwhelmed and I don't actually have to do anything with the information right away. I'm just going to let the information come in. And so that's where podcasts and audiobooks and YouTube, you know, personalities that, talk about marketing or business or whatever topic you're trying to learn at that time was, okay, rather than just thinking that I have to listen and implement right away, I'm just going to listen. And when you get enough um, voices going that are saying the same thing, I think that kind of carves out the path for you 
a little bit more rather than just taking one person's advice to the bank. You know, you're kind of going, okay, let me layer. Um, and it would be, you know, something spiritual. It would be something, you know, just completely business. It would be very practical. It would be philosophical. You sure. know, I just listened to different areas. Yeah. Right? Yeah. A lot of different areas. And then you, you do hear this emerging voice like, okay, all of these people are leaning towards this idea are saying the same types of things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Of, you know, not thinking small, but thinking bigger or being able to, to look at yourself well. So that is a huge step in, in just a lot of people's personal development. Um, because like what you're talking about is, um, like I, I think of that as like reacting versus responding. Mm. Um, you know, our, our impulse is to react Mm -hmm. as soon as we get information or someone says something to us, but like taking a step back and intentionally not reacting Mm -hmm. and creating a response to it is huge. First things that I was listening to was like Dr. Josh Axe for like health um, stuff. So he's a naturopath and he has all these great YouTube videos and, I think that's one area that's a great example of you can listen to something and know that it's true, but internally not want to do anything to change because Mm. you like whatever your patterns are, your pizza and whiskey and whatever, you know, and go, oh, like, I know he's right, but I don't want to hear it. And so really quick, you're going to turn that off because you're going to feel now like subconsciously it's just like okay yeah i know it's right but right i know it's right but i don't want to really listen to this because that means i'm going to have to be responsible to it xyz right but if you can make a decision to go okay i don't have to do anything with the information but i do have to educate myself then later you'll naturally Mm -hmm. do stuff with that information you'll naturally kind of change because you stopped blocking it and when you know better you do better when you you know understand things you make different choices i mean like you give me the sense of patience that maybe you've developed over the years from this kind of perspective that you didn't have before i think it was just like this is the long haul like thinking of it in big picture of you know I am kind of an overnight, like, okay, I'm changing the world on Monday. Yeah, right. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know that feeling. Yeah. It's like, oh, this Monday is it. This and you're is like it. so tired by like 1 p.m. Like, why am I still up right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Down the YouTube hole. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do all these things yeah. and they're all going to be done. But, um, but understanding that it is the long game that we're, that we're doing things for. And so um, if we can kind of switch gears and listen to different topics or voices, then it doesn't wear you out. I know a lot of people who are like, oh, I can't listen to podcasts. I can't listen to all that because then I feel overwhelmed. Mm. I think that's the... Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. A lot of people feel if, if, you know, think of like a conference, Sure. you know, people go to and they get all this information in one weekend and they have the Monday blues because they were excited and all of that. And then on Monday they're like, ugh, implementation time. What do I do with all of this? Um... I, th- I think that's the kind of space that excites me, though, mm-hmm. because I feel like there's a space there where um, there's a gap between people that feel like they have ideas and just perspectives that they feel like people could get help from, mm-hmm. you know, or they could source their, um, you know, be a resource for people. But at the same time, creating some type of presentation or way of presenting it where there's a real takeaway mm-hmm. where people can implement it in a way where they don't, 
they don't know, okay, I know there's a huge list of things I wrote down that are great mm-hmm. and it's in that binder and I'll get to it. Right. You know, like that's what, after all that, like yeah. if that's all it becomes is like a great five pages of notes, then right. it's like, what do you do? Right. Yeah. So like, where do you think that comes from? This like lo- loss, like you lose this, like this drive that you had during that time. And then all of a sudden you're like, it's Ugh. your brain's like needing to survive. Okay. And so if your brain is too overwhelmed and then it's going to go into survival, like we need to go back to the familiar, you know, mm. there's the, um, the familiar past or the predictable future of like, even just your habits in a day, uh, what, what you're going to do today and your brain knows those things to survive. So to actually try and change all of that overnight right. to fall into that pattern. Yeah. Again your brain goes, no, 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 no. Like, don't do that. Right. And so you're the wind out of your sails feeling I think is your brain's natural response. So some people have these huge experiences where they change dramatically overnight. Mm-hmm. We know that's not the norm, right? It has to be one thing at a time, right? Slowly, but surely. And I think one thing that you can change is the way you think, and so it has to happen in your brain before it actually happens in your body and in your life. And so if you make a decision to just change the way that you think by being more educated, the world becomes bigger, you know, and the and your life, the opportunities become bigger and the possibilities become apparent, you know, like you don't see the possibilities before until you start thinking differently. Sure. So I think it's the commitment to education. We know people that are so educated that do nothing with it, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and then there's a saying, like, in the church world of being so heavenly-minded, you're no earthly good. Right. You oh, know? yeah, no, that, that, there's a truth to that. Yeah, yeah like, no, your no. head's in the clouds, and you're talking about all these things, but they're so impractical to what it actually looks like in people's lives that no one can use the information. You know what, maybe, maybe you would, maybe you could be a, you could attest to this probably, and I think that's why people kind of, think of philosophy mm-hmm. as like this thing like not people useful. do when they don't want to you know like yeah. these esoteric abstract ideas mm-hmm. that have, have an existential conversation yeah, yeah yeah so like i'm sure you probably ran into a lot of that in your studies then right probably like f- people's perception of what you're doing versus mm-hmm. what they're into and whatnot in school yeah yeah i mean i think that's across the world though that we have like these people who are like philosophers and deep, you know, big thinkers. And sometimes they make a, you know, write a book that is changing for the masses. But the majority of the time we just think of them as sitting in their study thinking. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and like not doing, but I feel that now that's changed to more meditation. Right. And, and how to use that, grounding the grounding methods to be able to actually change your life and Mm. so I feel like the the big thoughts out there are coming down to okay this is what you do with them and then this is how you proceed but you have to spend time opening up those pockets of your brain by through conversation I think those are that's why like podcasts like this where you're just talking about ideas and thoughts and more long form where you have the time to do it right just having the conversations those are some of the things I personally live for they're most fulfilling they're fun whether they're at the bar with yeah. somebody that you don't know right uh, my husband will find me talking to some, random some stranger <laughs> you know about their whole life or I'm the person that talks to the uber driver right and, oh you're that person yes, yeah sometimes no, other times I'm like leave me alone yeah <laughs> depends on the mood but 
I think you can have conversations with people in the most surprising places and and you know right away your kindred spirits and you can and, and it's a genuine like yeah. connection yeah. yeah and you cut to the chase get through the bullshit really quick right and there and i think that happens more often in like let's say transit moments mm-hmm. you know like you're traveling or mm-hmm. you're at a bar because you both kind of subconsciously know like hey like we've got like an x amount of time mm-hmm. you know yeah. so yeah i don't need to ask you about the weather like yeah. What are, what are you doing? I think there's you know? just no expectation in both of those environments. Yeah. Like, whereas if you're going to go meet with somebody, you already have this, okay, this is what we're going to talk about, or I want to get to know them right. maybe, but. I, I love that. I love that yeah. idea. Like having no expectations is the hardest mm-hmm. thing for, that's personally been for me to kind of work into my mm-hmm. everyday perspective. Mm-hmm. And it, in the beginning, that sounds so cold. And yeah. like defeatist, almost like oh, like you, you've way. given yeah. it up, uh-huh. like oh he has no expectations. Oh you know? right, but, right, okay. But it's been the most liberating mm-hmm. um, perspective I've ever held on to. Yeah. That if I go into every situation, whether loved ones mm-hmm. or a stranger, with absolutely no expectations, that doesn't mean I don't have like hopes of things happening. Intentions, yeah. But. I think that's intentions versus expectations. So yeah. it's like, this is where I know I want to go, but how I'm going to get there, mm-hmm. I have no idea. Right. And so that's the adventure part. Yeah. But you can keep on putting the expect that the intention, intention. Right. Yeah. Of what you want to see happen, like health, wealth, adventure, whole, you know, all of the things and you can get specific about them, but how it's going to, the how I think is the big one that we have to keep letting control go of because every time we try and control it, then we're back in our person trying to make everything happen rather than allowing it. And when you talk about like these things, like no expectations and this kind of approach and perspective, how is this, have you seen a change uh, in your existing relationships with people? Yeah. I mean, moving, I, after we moved, I felt a lot of relief because the relationships that I did have, I really tried to put everybody in my back and carry them. Mm. And so there was a lot of... You mean um, in the past? Yeah, in the past. I think I was really trying to be everyone's savior, so to speak. Like I was really trying to muscle my way through helping people and I would get really depleted and really exhausted and feel like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm not doing good enough or I'm, you know, I'd measure how well I'm doing by like how well I'm helping or serving other people, if that makes sense. I think because I had a rough time early on in my life, I just, and I had found who God was in me and like, that was so freeing. And I had such a, I have still feeling this great relationship with God and who I who I identify with, who God is. And mm-hmm. so I, you want to share that when any, sure. anytime you have that, those experiences. Yeah. And I had some pretty earth shattering life experiences um, that set me on that path. But if you're trying to do it, you're like, you're trying to muscle through, even though it's everyone else's journey is their journey and you can come in as a guide and you can come in and help, but they have to do the work, sure. you know? And mm-hmm. so if you're trying to help people who don't actually want help or, mm-hmm you're trying to do it in your own strength, then you're going to fail over and over. And so I think realizing after I had moved, I get to start over and it's just really exciting to start over to say, I get to 
choose each one of the people that I have in my life. Like I really made a, a decision not to have toxic personality types around me in any Just a relationship. Blank canvas. Yeah. Right. And it's and it's pretty awesome. <laughs> and yeah, I really don't have anyone in my life that I can't hand like that I can't stand or that is difficult for me or that you right. know they just happen to come over right yeah, like, yeah. it's it's really awesome yeah <laughs> so I mean how many people can say that well I mean I mean it's, I mean you're putting a lot of intention into the relationships you want to build yeah right mm -hmm. from day one yeah which is a completely different approach or not a different approach but like a different circumstance than you mm -hmm. know coming to these realizations that you want to be this way and mm -hmm. then changing yeah there's a there's a lot of growing pains if you're already in an environment that has created certain expectations about you based on what you've been doing for the last yes. 10 years yes right expectations being the operative word yeah. yes yeah so it, it on myself that i put on myself that other people put on you right you should be this way you should do right. these things you've never done this why are you doing this now yep. all those things mm -hmm. right that yeah huge yeah no, that's a, that's a huge, so how does that, how has that fueled your business now? Um, so I think in your work now, I think like all of the discovering, you know, so I transformed my business to be more, um, photography for businesses mm -hmm. and I'm delving further into, um, personal branding now mm -hmm. and personal branding being really more on the self discovery. Um, so it, it's really helping tie in the thoughts of who you are, what your strengths are, um, how you help people in the world. And so like even just hearing a little bit more about my story, it's like you, like my passion to help people, I think it's universal. With, when, you're a good, when you're a good person, we know there's bad people. <laughs> you don't want to say good people, bad people, because you know there's, we all have good and bad motives you know, within us, or there's no such thing I'm going to ramble really quick, but <laughs> there's no such thing as a, a good person or bad person, just a person who does good things or bad things. But we know yeah. that there's some pretty messed up humans that are selfish and sure. self-serving. But I think when you feel that high, well, a lot of us, it's when you're serving other people or you're giving back. And it's usually from a place of abundance and feeling really like I have a lot to share or I've gotten this for me or I feel this fullness and I feel this ability to, to serve others. Like that's, I feel like the closest thing to our purpose on earth, you know, is I, we're meant to be in community with one another. We're still all alone inside, you know, so to speak, it's just you, but we're meant to be together. We're knit together. And so when you figure out your purpose through helping people, so to be able to help people do that, that multiplier, and there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people that kind of position themselves in that way. Mm -hmm. um, it, there's an exponential amount of growth to have happen. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if I explained that. No, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. So like, I mean, the thing that make, excites me about your work and how we connected and whatnot was I, w I kept like with all the different things we do in life um, and my business as it evolved, as it changed and everything, there were all these struggles that I came across internally. Like, okay, I've been doing this for this long. Um, if I, if I jump ship or I felt like I was jumping ship into this space, then people are going to be like, Oh, did he just quit 
quit doing that? And why mm. did he stop doing that? Is he not, mm-hmm. is he not good at it? Did he hide? Is he hiding some right. flaws or something? You know, it's like right. all these like insecurities come up when mm-hmm. you try to not necessarily change what you do, but like transition, transition or add something mm-hmm. to your, uh, to what you want to do. Right. Um, and that came a lot to me because, you know, being in investments and whatnot, you're, you become a strange part of people's lives where you see a lot of different dynamics mm-hmm. going on because it just comes up. Yeah. And which leads me, which led me to a space where I'm like, man, I end up helping people with their finances and investments and stuff. Yeah. But that I, 80% of it felt like I was helping people with just working through their mindset Absolutely. and working through their perspective of themselves and you know, their perspective of themselves with their wife or their yeah. family and, you know, all identity. these Yeah, their identity. And, and you're even talking about your identity yeah. in it. In it, and, yeah. And so I think that's the, the big word that really fuels all of this, even so these, yeah. It brings it full circle, <laughs> Yeah. you know, because th- that's when I was like, okay, well, okay, I help people with investments. I want to get into the life coaching mm-hmm. space because I'm already doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just need to show people or illis- or showcase to people, hey, this is a part of mm-hmm. what I can help with because I do it already. Right. And if I do that, then I don't want people to feel like, well, okay, now he's not into money and investments. Right. Like, no, it's like kind of interconnected. And, and your identity is so um, wrapped up in your culture, like in the culture of the people and what you're saying, is this going to be accepted yes. by other people? And so I think that's the big change that we're seeing happen is that we were not socially allowed to have these different job t- titles. Sure. And Bing- so, bingo. Yeah. That's it. And so now we're, we're, discovering because we're told, well, you got to do one thing and do it really well. Yes. You know, and if you're not, if you're doing all these things, then you're not really doing this one thing well. Well, I think it's more of a building rather than, of course, you don't want somebody to start out, say they're starting a new business and they have five different services. That's probably a bad way to start your business. You should start with one to max three services in your business. So you can manage it. And manage it and do them well and then build and then add a service and then another service type thing. Right. But if you've already been doing something for a while and you want to add on another thing, I don't think there's anything wrong. And then you want to write a book or right. you want to, you know. And, and, and it's tough though, because mm-hmm. I want to, in retrospect, I want to say most of it, I was battling my own perception of what I feel like people would think of me mm-hmm. uh, thinking back at it. Mm-hmm. And which is like an absolute, now a non-issue right. to me, like thinking back right. to it. But at the time that was a huge deal right? because, because I'm like, well, I, I, I want to talk about this. I want to write about this. Mm-hmm. I want to do this. Well, how do I do that? How do I share this with, mm-hmm. and people take me seriously? Mm-hmm. And, and then I'm like, well, why do I care yeah. if people take me seriously or not? When I think this is a big thing is like, am I who people say that I am? Mm-hmm. Or am I who, who I see? Like yeah. who, what I know about myself? And how do I really take a step back and see myself for who I am? and get a like sober judgment on my strengths and weaknesses and then create my job title, whatever that be, whether it's business or create your job title. And to me, I I think that's the same thing as your name. Yes. So your job title is your name. That's what it came down to. Yeah. Yeah. And so then it's now, what do I want people to know about me and how do I want people to know how I help other people so that rather than you being informed by what people tell you, which is important, you should listen to select few and get feedback and get feedback about what people, um, 
say that you're good at or because you'll take for granted a lot of those things that, you know, like helping people through difficult financial decisions or, or helping them put it in perspective, even like photo selection. I remember people just constantly asking me which photo, and then I notice how much they're analyzing. And I would say, leave the photo on your screen, walk in the other room, you know, do something for 10 minutes and come back. And if you look at it and you like it, then you then like you it because like yeah, you're it, too into it. Yeah, yeah. You're now you're just staring at it yeah. and you've lost your perspective. Yep. Um, but if you walk away and then you come back, um, because I guarantee you, this is what I tell everybody, no one's looking at your face as long as you are. You know, oh, no yeah. one's looking at your photo and what they're going to feel immediately is an, emo- is an emotion. Oh, I like her. Oh, she looks really pretty. Oh, he looks really, you know, whatever. So what emotion do you get when you first see that? image and then hang on to that and let go of like does my eye look a little weird you know (laughs) because yeah you're too close to the screen you need to back up yeah um but we can take the combination of what people have to say about us what we know about ourselves and then doing the work to get the perspective on what we're good at and developing areas that we want to develop like for me the whole personal branding i'm currently developing myself in this area right now because i realized it is something I'm very passionate and excited about, but I don't have all the language around it yet. Mm. Um, so it's, I'm doing in terms of how to communicate it. Yeah. To really, to really communicate it quickly and concisely so that people understand what it is. Yes. Cause it's still a new concept for a lot of people. I think it's it's brilliant though, because I feel like that's where it's headed. Mm -hmm. You know, like I feel like you're, I feel like that's where it's headed because see that that's one of the things like you see, different trends mm-hmm. happening and since you're paying attention to it you're like oh shoot it's already here yeah it's like it's already happening you know but mm-hmm. when you really look at things in um when you start paying attention to things in the world and culture and society if you're paying attention to it odds are there's a shift happening but it's like a giant wave mm-hmm. and like i i always come back to this like scene um did you ever see interstellar mm-hmm Okay, with mm. Matthew McConaughey mm. when they go on another planet and stuff like that. But there's this one planet where they're on, mm. where they're in the water, and they're looking in the distance, and it just looks like a giant mountain. And they're like, oh, okay. And then over time, like, the, the water starts receding and stuff, and they realize that's not a mountain. That's actually a wave mm. coming at them. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, a crazy shocking scene because you're like, cause in the distance it looks like a mountain, but they're on yeah. this weird planet and it's literally a wave the size of a mountain. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's all hell breaks loose. Yeah. But like, it's that kind of perspective where no, it's not, it's, it feels like to you it's happening really fast, but mm-hmm. it's such a slow moving thing mm-hmm. for the entire conscious to understand, like the global conscious to understand mm-hmm. the shift mm-hmm. or in any economy or any mm-hmm. group that, you're seeing it now and if you kind of work or if you stay true to that mm-hmm. and create processes around that then you'll find success because you're kind of seeing you're already making that part of your repertoire mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. i feel like lifestyle branding was that like aha moment for me mm-hmm. and then finding your work because i kept saying well okay i'm an investment manager this is this is my brand for that and okay well if I become a life coach, then what do I do? Like, is it a different company and this and that? I'm like, well, okay, maybe, what if I get involved? What if I write a book? 
then mm-hmm. you know I want people to. What if that book becomes its own thing? And your and your book's more about thought, and it's right. not about finance. You know, right investment, at all. So right. I'm like, so I'm like, oh my god, these are like eight different logos and this and that, <laughs> and I'm like, what am I gonna do? And it's not consistent. So I'm like, you know what? Forget it. I need people to know me for who I am. Mm-hmm. My brand recognition is gonna be my name mm-hmm. because that's the consistent part in anything I do. Right. So if anyone finds me in my name, and we we're talking about this on the last podcast, I'm like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if I'm a plumber or in 20 years I become an electrician or in 30 years I become mm-hmm. an auto mechanic. It doesn't matter. If yeah. you see my name, mm-hmm. you'll have a certain set of things that you think. Right. And whether it's a value, a quality, mm-hmm. um, a sense of service, whatever it is. So if I just put everything behind that, then I don't have to worry about right. what vehicle I'm using to provide service. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone knows me for my name. I think it's so exciting because I think that we are, like, I, I realized that when I became a photographer, I started grappling with the identity of being a photographer and what what qualifies me and what, mm-hmm. you know, constitutes, because that's not what I got my degree in and I'm learning on YouTube. And so right. we were talking about imposter syndrome, but when am I actually a photographer? Do I get a certificate? And there was like different, you know, you know, you could get this licensing through where you could be part of a network and, you know, all right, these things that cost, yes, stuff, that cost yeah. money. And, right. you know, when you're like, poor and starting out and you need all of the equipment and all of the, all, all of, <laughs> all the, of the things, all of the, nobody really cares yeah. what certifications that you have. They want to know if you can take a good photo. That's a hard truth. Yeah. That's a hard truth in all lines, like in investments and real estate and everything. There's all these like accolades you could have and right. stuff and like, okay, do I go for this one and this one? And right. if I don't, people are people going to think I'm not, you know, yeah. qualified or good enough or any of those things. And there's just such a balance to strike there. But I think what's exciting for the future is that I think even after reading um, just a couple of books, I and and just doing that work, I started to take the confines off as to my identity being a photographer. And so even as I'm going forward in the future, I may not be a photographer any sure. longer, but um, that's okay. And I started to tell myself, so we were just talking about whether people let us do it or not, or not, and giving ourselves the allowance to think bigger and to dream bigger and to take the confines off. Like I can do whatever. Right. I, I mean, like to me, you come across as more like photography is your skill set right now. And like, that's like, I would say that that's like the core of how you're building out this idea. But in essence, what you're going to end up having to become is not just a photographer. You're going to end up being um, like a creative. Yeah. And that like well, a creative director almost, you know? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I hope. I mean, there's so many different, I think you know, that's names you that already. we can, yeah. You know, like, I well, mean, because you, well, you have to be Photographers are called creatives. They're right. in the like, uh, um, you know, graphic designers and, sure. um, you know, people who are styling things like, okay, if you're a creative, which like so many people are creative, yeah. but, um, that was one of the buzz titles. Um, but I think it's just seeing a f- camera as a tool, Yes, you know, different avenues that you're helping people as a tool, but it's still, you know, Monty, like you, 
people are going to want you now even for a couple of different areas, right? So right. I'm sure, like, as you became a realtor, like, you're some of your same clients. Like, you're sure. saying you saw the crossover. Yep. You see the correlation. So yeah. you're probably not going to be a plumber. Yeah. Probably not going right. to be an electrician. Yeah, and then that was my, like, you know, no, was, like, I know, my extreme but, example but it's, of... But yeah. I think what people need to start thinking for themselves is, hey, there's these other things that are right there that are parallel with what I'm already doing that I can jump into. Yes. And hey, writing a book is one of the, like, there's so many ways now that people are writing books um, right. that are really cool. People are just transcribing them, yeah. being able to just voice, like using Voxer to yeah, I have a friend who stuff. did that. Yeah. yeah, super cool. There's different ways to do it. Uh-huh. You know? And I mean, deep down inside, when I was growing up, I always thought of myself, I mean, I was good at things if I focused on them, mm-hmm. but that didn't mean I liked it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so growing up, I was okay in math. I was pretty good, and then I lost interest, so I got terrible at it. Mm-hmm. But um, I always kept came back to writing as something I just enjoyed doing because. Mm-hmm. And I always thought of myself, no, if I had all the money in the world, I'd just sit there and identify as a writer uh-huh. if I could. Yeah. But you know, you have circumstances, you have relationships, you develop relationships, and then you know, I became. I guess I mean I want to say I became good at working with people and just being around people and so I just got into sales and all these different things and then naturally when you're in sales you're talking about money all the time and this and that and it's like okay well well let's go to the source of the money I'm going to work at a bank you know like Mm -hmm. so it's like it's a very predictive mindset but it all came down to well okay after I do all this I'm just going to be a writer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for me like that was that was my like background thing like once right. I have the millions and billions and I don't have to worry about work, mm-hmm. I'm just going to write stuff because it doesn't matter if it sells because uh-huh. that's what I want to do. Yeah. So like we all have this internal thing that we kind of just want to do because mm-hmm. it's interesting to us at the time. And right. I never thought of myself as someone who was passionate about anything particularly, which was kind of odd because everyone's like, follow your passion and this mm-hmm. and that. And, you know, Mike Rose said something that really stuck with me. Um, he says don't follow your passion, but just bring it with you. Oh, I like that. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. that hit me like, that's exactly what I always wanted to. Yeah. Like, that's what I wanted to do. That's what mm-hmm. I want to do. Like I'll be passionate in whatever I do Yeah. and I'll be good at it because I'm putting my intention into it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I like, I don't have to love it. Yeah. You know? Well, I think another word is calling, you right. know, and that's a big one in the church world, yeah. you know, of like calling and, Like, as I went into working in ministry, it's like people would say, well, when God calls you, he doesn't uncall you. Right. So it's like this, if you leave that occupation, Mm. it's almost like you're walking away from the calling that you had on your life. Right. And so there's like a a lot. tough programming. It's a lot of um, emotional stuff to kind of go through because both my husband and I didn't go back at all to working Mm. in a church. And... But we, we had to reconcile this, like, God didn't uncall us. Yeah. You know, you're not, like, <laughs> wherever you go, there you are. Right. You know, and, and God is bigger than that, you right. know, like, he's still with you and in you. And so I, I don't know, there was a lot of identity stuff with that that I think we both had to wrestle through. And it's tough, yeah. especially with not only internally, but like mm-hmm. the, circum- the society around you. Right. right. Your your own sphere. Right. And judgment and everything else. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, that 
that that book kind of writes itself, right? You know, in terms of how difficult that can be, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's identity again. It's like it's like what you what you say about yourself, what how you see yourself, and and I think that's the. Um, I had this quote that I was looking at. I think after all of it, so there's like looking at yourself with sober judgment, understanding your strengths and weaknesses, who you are, and then it's getting out of the way. Then it's like getting yourself out of the way. Yeah, your own like programming out of the way. Yes, because otherwise you're just, um, who was it? uh, Flannery O'Connor said, to know oneself is above all to know what one lacks. To measure oneself against truth and not the other way around. The first product of self-knowledge is humility. And like just having humility with how we help each other, because I think that's humility and understanding what we lack as well as what we're good at helps us need each other and not become an island to ourselves. Right. You know, like I don't need anyone or anything, you know, we're very differently, uniquely gifted and talented and we work the best together. And so I think that's where it's like having that understanding about yourself and where you fit. Mm-hmm. within everybody is really appreciating the gifts and strengths that other people have. Right. Um, yeah. And I think we focus so much on those things like, Oh, I don't have this yes. or I don't have that. Yeah. And I feel like, or I don't need that mm-hmm. or I don't need that ever, you know, right. like, and I feel like when you put yourself, your restraint, your self imposed restraints become your prison. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's just whatever you kind of focus on, whatever that is, that becomes, the thing that dictates what, everything what you, you do. What you focus on, yeah. you create more of. Yeah. That's, yeah. The, that's it, a Jen Sincero. And she says it over and over and again. What you focus on, you create more of. Right. Create more of. Yeah. And so when we're, a lot of the anxiety struggles, a lot of the stress struggles are due to the, the lack and the what I'm not good at and right. all of those what if, what if, what if, what if. Yeah. So how does that, so bringing that all into what you're doing now, like well, one thing I wanted to say before I forget is, having this like internal battle that Mm -hmm. I had about branding and everything Mm -hmm. is what got me on the search to look Mm -hmm. for what I eventually found your work Mm -hmm. is because I'm like, I don't even know what this is. Like, what is this thing I'm seeking service for? Like I I want like a different type of photos. I want different types of branding. I'm like, what is this? I I Mm -hmm. was like trying to create a word for it. Yeah. And I just started like, and I'm like, all right, well let me just start with people I know. And mm-hmm. I started going on Facebook. I'm like, who, who's taking pro photos mm-hmm. and po- posting them up and stuff? And we have a common friend mm-hmm. um, that I started seeing her photos. And I'm like, oh, these are nice. And they're not necessarily specific to business. I'm like, mm-hmm. what is this? Mm-hmm. You know, so then I, then I saw your accreditation and stuff. I'm mm-hmm. like, OK, um, let me follow her stuff. I'm like, all right, Sarah Hogue, who's this? And then I went to your Facebook. And then mm-hmm. I went to your website. And then that was like that, holy shit. <laughs> this is exactly what I was trying to articulate in terms of what I'm looking for in terms of service. But like the way and it wasn't even like the layout of your website. It was it was the copy, I think, mm-hmm. uh, that got me because I was like the way you described lifestyle branding, which to me, I didn't know that word. Well, I kind of made it up. Well, too. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I'm like that's and, and I thought it through. I'm like lifestyle branding. I'm like. Mm-hmm that's it i'm like that's exactly what i was trying to look for and i'm like i'm like she's a lifestyle branding photographer i'm like this is exactly what i was like trying to articulate and that's so awesome then i started (laughs) seeing like you know the the stuff you had in your portfolio Mm. with that intent and i'm like this is the kind of stuff 
like she already gets the 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 premise or, or like the mm-hmm. the theme of what we're trying to go after right yeah. yeah as i was trying to you know so i light bulbs went on as i was developing the business side as I was already hanging out with other entrepreneurs and people. Those were my friendships. Those mm. were the main friendships that I would that I developed as I moved out here because I was focusing on business. On your work. Yeah. On, on what it was going to be. And so um, as it like emerged, it's funny how like even what I'm working on now with personal branding, I, like I said, I don't have the language around it. You know what it is, but then you have to develop those ideas. Yeah, of, yeah. And it's already happening, but you can't identify exactly exactly yeah. how yeah. you say it. And so now there's more brand photographers, mm-hmm. but a lot of photographers that you go on and you say brand, they're working for like a lot of product type brands. Right. Yeah, um, and which then, is a different yeah. Thing. And then now yeah. there's more. You know, people want to Google search other photographers like me that are like personal brand photographers, but right. um, they still do a lot of like studio headshot and I'm big on lifestyle, like in your life, what do you do? In your element. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. what are the things that you do in the day so that if you're sharing about different parts of your business, then we can illustrate them and kind of have just all of this arsenal of imagery that you can go, Oh, I want to talk about this, but what do I do I make a graphic or right. do I just post another photo of me? Well, maybe there's something in there that like illustrates it a little bit a little more, bit, yeah. you know, if it's a, a deep thought that you have or an actual part of the service that you provide for people in, in as it's happening, yeah. no clean chimneys. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because I do work with a lot of service based um, businesses. Right. And, um, and so I, just kind of came up with lifestyle branding for business or I called it business branding. Right. Um, and then now it's more on the personal branding because I'm realized that's what I get fueled with a little bit more. Yeah. That's what you enjoy. That's what I enjoy lot. the most. Yeah. 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 It's not always the one that pays the bills though. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's different because people that were, that would approach you with that idea, mm-hmm. right? Hey, I, I want to create a brand around myself or whatever it is, or like, I, I just want more, I just want more stuff around me mm. in my element. That's not a business intent, mm-hmm. you know? So all of that is just a sheer cost to them mm-hmm. to have, and they may or may not have a plan on how to use it yet. In the world of entrepreneurs now, yeah. though, and social media, I th- I feel like people get it. Mm. And, I, and I'm always looking for people that, when I start talking about it, like the way that you were explaining, you already know that you need it. Yeah. And so there has been... That's the best compliment in the world going, I've been looking for someone like you. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it was. And it's the, honestly, it's one of the only times I've been able to say that to someone (laughs) is that like, I was looking for what you do. That's so cool. Because like, uh, uh, like when you're an entrepreneur, when you're doing your own thing, it's a lonely, like sphere. Like (laughs) if you don't get up in the morning, great. No one's going to bug you about it. You Mm -hmm. know, like if you don't do this, then great, you may not get paid. And even if you do it, great, you may still not get paid. You know, like there's all Mm -hmm. these different obstacles, but it was one of those things where I'm like, no, this is a very, this is a very um, obvious elephant in the room for me Mm -hmm. in terms of what I need to kind of accomplish or work towards. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what it looks like yet, Mm -hmm. but like, let's start somewhere. And trying to put it to words is the first way to, well, how do I describe what I'm looking for? And until I describe what I'm looking for, no one will know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. you know? So like, that was like my search for it. And I, I think it was just 
it's so serendipitous to, you know, come across it in the right time and all those different things, because I feel like that's where I think a lot of people in small businesses would, the only way to differentiate yourself is that way. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there's so many people doing the same thing. Yeah. And I think that's a big mindset shift is, okay, after, you know, it doesn't always happen overnight, but like after kind of putting the things in, like the information and, and really letting that wash over you and not and not focus too hard because you, you can't make things happen yes and so when you allow things to happen and you open yourself up to all of this different information then I was able to go okay I can transform this from the inside out and when I did that I my competition went away yeah I didn't feel the imposter syndrome because it was really just me and what I wanted to how I wanted to help people and then um, by doing that, I meet someone like you. I come on your podcast. Maybe I'll meet somebody else after this. Sure. And so then there's putting out your intention in in your work and in what you want to do and then creating it that way. I could I could just be trying to get as many headshots, you know, from right. businesses as possible sure. and feeling like stressed out that what's going to be next rather right. than going... Uh, telling people what my favorite thing to do is like meet someone at even a networking event or listening to what they do and getting visuals immediately as they're talking just and then, based on what yeah, they're saying. Yeah, just what yeah. they're saying and yeah. like what they do. And cause I like to ask even more questions. So they're giving more. And then I'll say, you know, what would be awesome is if you did, you know, if you got photos of this or how you help, you know, and if they want to take those, that information and go with another photographer or have their husband take the pictures or whatever, all it, zero. Yep. Uh, whatever I'll be your expectations but I was able to add value right yeah. away to their business and to them and, and give them an angle that they didn't get yes. yet yeah. and so then they'll remember me and most likely um, book me yeah. if it's a good fit you know right. so to speak but um, that's been so exciting and fun and to, liberating probably. yeah, yeah. absolutely because right. it's not like oh you should take family photos you really should right. you should take some family photos right. I don't know like yeah. Yeah. I don't have to I stopped taking weddings um, when I did this and that was a big uh, identity shift for people I think for the way that people looked at me like I had people reaching out oh you take weddings I'll say I don't take weddings anymore um, except for existing clients I have had um, you know, a friend of a client, I'm a past client that is like, you know, really asking me to do their wedding and then I'll, you know, cave and make, say, okay, yeah, make an yeah. exception. Um, because my work doesn't display weddings any longer right. or, you know, that, cause they'll be like, why you don't like them. You don't like right. weddings. And, right. you know, so the right away they want to kind of peg you yeah. as a cynical, you know, yeah, or whatever. Um, but you have to focus on some, area sure. and for me that was like there's enough people focusing on it that are doing a great job <laughs> right yeah no and that's a huge decision especially when you're not like all rich and famous like mm -hmm. these are like business decisions that are going to cost you money mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um at least in the short term right at the know? at yeah. the moment but again you say no to something you know every time you say no to something you're saying yes to something else and yes. you're creating opportunity for for other things yeah, that a no is a yes to another question yeah yeah i i really believe yeah that you're just opening up space that is so liberating and still so scary it is yeah, yeah. oh yeah <laughs> but you know like again like they say the big the 
reveal they, yeah. <laughs> imperial they, those they, those they <laughs> are all of the, you know, the education that's helping the wisdom. I think the wisdom is what sticks with all of those voices. You're not, you know, with educating yourself, you're going to hear truth and you're going to hear wisdom and that doesn't return void. That doesn't go away. Um, and you don't always remember who said what, but it's in you when mm. you allow yourself to learn more or grow. Yeah. So that's exciting. Yeah, no, that is, I, when I think of the work that you're doing, it, it's exciting to me because I always feel like I have more fun being in more of a creative mindset, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just see everywhere you can take it and it's, it's gonna be really cool to see I mean, I know you haven't announced anything yet, but <laughs> I have a I have a little teaser in terms of an idea of what you're working mm -hmm. on, and I think it's going to be really cool. I'm excited. Yeah, it'll yeah. be like a personal branding, full profile, portfolio type thing for people, but yeah. I haven't exactly explained how that's going to <laughs> work. Talk to me a little bit about your challenges in being a photographer for people and their expectations of what they want to see versus what you see and what you take and all that. Because I know working with you, like I had those same like, Oh moments, you know, mm -hmm. just internally. So like, how, how does that play out for you? I think each person's different. So anytime you work with a client, every, everyone's individual, you should have, you know, a process that's the same, but the individual's different. And so really listening and getting in their head about, um, how they see themselves. So these, the questions that I ask, hopefully start the conversation, then I have a consultation with them. And then, um, self-perception is a big thing. So there's some people who are really like, they like every single photo yeah. <laughs> you take. Oh. and you're like, mm, maybe not that yeah. one. <laughs> um, you know, because I'm, and I'm showing the person back. Um, for a while, there was a good amount of photographers that are like, you're not allowed to see anything until I've completely edited it. Everything. And, oh, yeah. Okay. But if you're trying to get a gauge on how the person sees themselves, like I am confident enough at this point that I know what I think looks good. And I would say the majority of people would agree with me on that. Right. So like if you have an eye or the eye, you're saying, Oh, I think this looks good, mm -hmm. but not everyone feels that about themselves. And so you have to understand what insecurities and what strengths, you know, because sometimes there's a photo, like say it's a serious look, right? Um, that's a hard one to nail. <laughs> so if, if the person is making a, a serious face to them and then you show them back, they can either be like, Oh no, no, no. Or they can say, oh, yeah, I really like it. And I may or may not Even have think, yeah. agreed with whether or not that serious face looked serious or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I may think Well, I think what I'm good at, uh, I'm good at is reading the emotion behind it. So if you kind of look like you might want to laugh when you're making that serious face or something, you kind of see it. I yeah. see it and yeah. I feel it. And I think other people will, too. But if if the client or the person really likes that, I 100 percent respect there's always this give and take between photographer and client mm -hmm. of what the end result will be it's a collaborative thing so if people just leave it up to the photographer to oh you take good pictures just take good pictures of me right yeah then that may or may your expectation of what they end up being may not be the real thing right then i have the really hyper focused on appearance 
you know, type people that um, are asking me right away to Photoshop everything and, you know, can you make me look thinner? Can you make me look thinner? Could you maybe oh, make man. my arm look thinner? Right. <laughs> Could you, you know, um, I understand maybe not liking your nose or liking your profile. Right. I think people need profile shots more than they think because, and just a somewhat side profile doesn't have to be like 100%. But if you're just used to seeing yourself on your phone in a selfie, yeah. then you don't have a full, so you don't have a full idea of yourself. Yeah. I had one uh, client. That's a vulnerable space to be in. It's very vulnerable. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I respect it. Yeah. I totally respect the way that they feel. And when I get in front of the camera, I feel vulnerable too. And so it's a really great wake up and reminder for me right. to understand how the person might be feeling. But I like to laugh those nerves off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I had one um, client say, why did I wait so long? I feel like I'm seeing myself for the first time, like really seeing myself. And it was so cool because we see ourselves in the mirror. That's one angle. And we see ourselves on our phone and like most people like just taking one photo out in front. We don't see ourselves really in action, you know, in our lives or what we're doing. And so um, I think it's liberating. Honestly, if you just say this is what it is, you know, trusting your photographer to not give you totally awful. Cause we know that, I don't know, there's a lot of people that have had a photo shoot where they're going through it and maybe they feel really good about it. And then they see the photos after and they're like, Oh no, right. <laughs> that is not at all how I felt or right. what I thought it looked like. Like me running a half marathon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 I felt amazing on yeah. those last three miles. And then I saw the photos like, um, but it's this, it's this dance. I just think it's this back and forth. And then, um, I, I let people know I will, I will, it's not Photoshop, it's Lightroom. Most people, right. most photographers use Lightroom. Just touch up. And so yeah. I don't even use Photoshop. Right. And so what I've had happen a few times is people put their images into an app and they squeeze their face right, and yeah. they make their I mean, eyes. You can do it on your phone now. Yes. Like, you know, make yeah. your eyes bigger, your nose smaller, right. your teeth, you know, yeah. um, it's people will do what they want. Yeah. What's right? the word for like the way you see yourself, the body dysmorphic, yeah. <laughs> dysmorphic syndrome it, or it, something. It's a, it's a weird thing because like you feel it, there's aspects to seeing yourself. And I don't know. I don't know if this is actually scientifically true, but like, you know, I've heard people say like, if you walked, if you ran into yourself mm -hmm. on the streets, you wouldn't recognize yourself. Mm like scientifically your face like you wouldn't wow. recognize yourself wow and i've heard that a lot mm -hmm. in 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 a scientific way hmm. uh like expressed that you wouldn't recognize yourself if you hmm. just bumped oh sorry yeah like you wouldn't know that was you yeah which is so shocking to me but i'm not sure yeah i, I don't know because like there are even people who feel like and i feel like i'm more of a kind of a laid-back person like mm -hmm. You know, I know, I know there's certain angles of my face that I I like to look at more than others. Sure. And, mm -hmm. you know, I joke with my wife. I'm like, what the hell's wrong with my face? You know, like <laughs> in a photo. And she's like, no, this is my favorite one. And like mm -hmm. the one she likes usually is like yes. not the anything. One you like. I'm like, yeah. that's the one I was about to delete, you know. Yeah. And it's just this perception of what you think you look like mm -hmm. or should look like. And mm -hmm. it's a hard thing because it's not like something you're changing. Right. Right. And now, like, I think the number one excuse that women say to me is, oh, I'm going to lose weight first. 
So I'll say, when? When? What's mm-hmm. your date? Mm-hmm. Um, because if you are, you know, 200 pounds, if you are 180, if you are 150, like this is me at this weight. Right. This is me at this weight. This is me at this weight. It's not going to, you're not going to like just delete the years. Like I think so many people can look back on their uh, childhood photos and go, where'd mom go for these years? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's usually the one taking the photos, but she's also probably the one that didn't want to get into it. Right. Because um, a lot of women flex with their weight up and down. Sure. And then they don't want to be in the photos. Well, don't let those dark years go by of not getting in photos or not being present or not being seen yeah. because you're not happy with your weight your value is not the number on the scale. And so if you're at that weight then and want to take photos and you lose a bunch of weight and you feel great, then take photos again. And it's going to be a different energy, a different context Mm -hmm. and everything else. It's not like, Mm -hmm. let's go to that same corner. And a lot of people who lose weight will look at a photo and go, I don't even recognize that girl or that guy. And I, I say, well, they're still just, they're still you go ahead and love that person. Sure. You know, look at that photo and don't be in disgust, uh, but love that person and take them with you so that you don't have such a detachment from who you are. That's funny. Like people perceive themselves in different ways. It's funny you mention it because I think there's a thing there. Hold on. Let me think about this. (laughs) I do this thing in photos where I see a photo of myself and more than what I look like in that photo I immediately get a recall of where I was mentally mm, mm-hmm. first. Like mm-hmm. that hits me first mm-hmm. then like the actual photo. Yeah. You know, like I'm like, oh, I was in such a shitty place right there. Mm-hmm. You know, or, oh, like I remember that was right after this promotion. And okay. You know, like, oh, yeah. I, like what, what a photo does to me, it brings me to that place I was. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's like, oh, let me look at the photo itself. Like, oh, I was wearing that was a terrible shirt, you know, or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. but well, a lot of moms will say like, Oh, Sarah, you made our family photo look so good. That morning was so stressful and awful. And like, you know, right. Jonathan threw up in the car and like, whatever, right. you know, it's just, and, and so that actually in, had inspired me to try and take steps to help families before they would show up, like relax. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because it's huge. Yeah. There's a lot of people who, I mean, I know I was just, you're like, do you want a whiskey or something? Yeah. Let's just chat for a little bit <laughs> yeah. on my session. I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, uh, yeah. I've, I've suggested people drink all the time. <laughs> yeah. It kind of loosens the nerves it, a little especially bit. Especially if you're you going know? to a place like a hotel that has a bar. Yeah. Um, sometimes taking a photo there of whatever their favorite drink is, is, is really fun. Right. Um, and again, I think it just goes back to we're multifaceted. There's not just one side of us, which is our LinkedIn profile pick, you know, like there's many parts and we live in this visual world and people want to see so that they can know you a little bit more. So you have the ability to curate what that is and you can curate that in your business with your language, what you want to how you want to explain what you do. You know, I had somebody in a group that like, oh, I just sell insurance. She said that, you know, right. oh, I just sell insurance. Right. Of course, like, of course, go up to her after. I'm like, honey, you do not yeah. just sell insurance. Like, yeah. No, it's tough. You know? Like, you know, pe- we tie our identity to what we do. Yeah. And I mean, that's like a never ending struggle for everyone. Yeah. You know, but it, there, I think there is a way of getting above it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. Do, it, do you see it happening? Like, I mean, I feel like you're, uh, you're one of those like 
pillars to remind people like you're you're not what you do mm-hmm. you know because in photography that you're kind of showing people for who they are mm-hmm. i mean they might be doing something that they like their work but you're kind of showing their own personality like that's what i felt like i was trying to get into with you in terms of like here here's what i do you know i'm an author i do this this and this but like i want to kind of showcase my personality mm-hmm. in terms of where mentally I feel like I am in my career right now and all these different things I think it's this combo continually of like knowing yourself like getting to know yourself and then letting go of yourself it's like both you know all the time so I love uh the Enneagram Mm. which is the typing personality type system and so like Myers-Briggs or any of those things where you know you kind of you know love languages all of those things they're tools they're just things to kind of help you see yourself um but not for the purpose of like an excuse or, you know, or this is who I am. So F off, you know, like, um, but going, okay, I'm getting me, but I'm also getting you and I'm getting you and I'm getting you and I'm seeing how we're all working together. And then I'm letting go. Like, I think the number one thing in marriage that helps, um, is appreciation. So the, you know, they would say appreciation fuels intimacy. And, and what happens when marriages go bad is you're starting to be like, you don't get me, you don't understand me, um, or you don't appreciate me. And so as the more you can understand what your strengths and weaknesses and the reason opposites attract and are able to appreciate the other person, the more that your marriage will do well and grow because you're an appreciation zone. So if you do that with other people and you're like, Oh my gosh, I could never do like what Josh, my husband (laughs) does. He does certain things, you know, and it's like, he's my IT guy or, you know, or just fixes all of the cords. Like I would probably spend 10 hours doing that. He does in 20 minutes. Right. I'm like, Oh, you're amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Just the complimenting, the complimentary aspect of a relationship. Yeah. And that leads back to that quote that's humility Mm. Uh, I can't do this all on my own I know where I am good but we need each other Mm. and so it's seeing ourselves in a good way that lets us compliment one another sure no that's that's really cool hey everyone thank you so much for listening if this episode made you think and you wish to reach out with a comment or a question record your voice and send us the file at socialfabricpodcast at gmail.com or record yourself on my website. I'll provide the links in the show notes below. Be sure to follow this podcast on Facebook and Twitter and also join the exclusive Social Fabric Facebook group and engage with other listeners from around the world. Until the next one, be well. Be well.